Well, welcome to episode 55 of Three Point Podcast. This is the podcast that has a special look at the sports world and current events from three different generations. I'm the wise old guy with the bionic hip, Ted Fatel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 Radio. Our middleman and social media expert is Matt Burns of ESPN, and our millennial viewpoints will be coming from Jared Fatel of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. Our special partners tonight include Rivals Taphouse and Grill, the Corona Connection, Corona Public Schools, and our podcast studio, Z92.5 The Castle. Don't forget to subscribe. Give us a rating on Apple iTunes. You can also find us on SoundCloud or TuneIn. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 3PointPod. Well, gentlemen, I I took a week off. Uh, We're recording this on Monday night, but uh, exactly a week ago, I went under the knife, had hip replacement surgery, and uh, the first big test was climbing the 26 stairs here to the castle's second floor. I'm impressed that you're back this week, to be honest with you. I thought it'd be two weeks. Yeah, well, I, I, I miss you guys so much. I think that's what the, <laughs> what the key is. I think the key is, so you are just an elite athlete. You're like a Tiger Woods. You know, he came back from his ACL in 10 months. He came back from his back fusion in three months when it was supposed to take like a year. You're just that superior of an athlete. You belong in the class with Tiger Woods. And I think today's pod, since we didn't expect you and since you were a last-minute uh, shoe-in, <laughs> you, this is your Jordan flu game. This is your Jordan flu game podcast. It, it really is, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, anybody that knows me knows I'm, I'm a gamer all the way. And, you know, with the bionic leg now, the, the, the masterful coming back from a week after surgery, I agree with you. You know, I'm just uh, – you put me right there with Tiger Woods. I like it. I was going to say, do you remember Terrell Owens? Like, blew his knee out, had knee surgery, like – and then – made it back in a week for the Super Bowl, you know, back with the Eagles. Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. That's not a bad comparison either. I, you know, I, I'll, I'll take I mean, either one of them. Maybe without, like, too many personal details, I guess. Like, so what exactly went into it? So you, I'm, I'm assuming you got put under. Yeah, and then... I'll, I'll give you a brief little walkthrough of, of my day last Monday. I mean, I, I definitely want to send a shout-out to the staff over at uh, Michigan Orthopedics over there in Lansing and Dr. Jason Cochran. I mean, first of all, i got to tell you, it's a top-notch organization, and uh, – they, they came with high recommendations, and I, I would give them the same high recommendation. I mean, I, you know, I, I had a lot of preliminary uh, follow-ups before the surgery, but Monday I was set up for 8.30 in the morning, the first surgery of the day. I showed up at 6.30 in the morning, and by the time I signed in, you know, they take you into the little room where you change into the gown with no back, <laughs> you know. You got to do, do some scrubbing up, and, uh, you know, they, they run some IVs on you. They do a few other things, make sure your blood pressure is okay. And next thing you know, I mean, they're wheeling me down the hallway to the operating room. Uh, we got in the go through the doors of the operating room, and I said, "Oh, is this the operating room." And next thing I know, I'm waking up in recovery. <laughs> there was no countdown or anything. I'm waking up, and I, you know, I, I woke up and talking to the nurse and sort of coherent and uh, carrying on a conversation with her. But the one thing I did notice, I could not feel anything. I was paralyzed below the waist. Couldn't move my feet. Couldn't move my legs. There was nothing going on below the waist, and that was from the feeling. It's very strange, very strange, and that was. Was Did they tell you that that was on purpose, or did you kind of wake up like, "Oh God, something went wrong"? No, no, I I knew in advance because what they do is they give you what's called a spinal tap, and they 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 don't want you moving at all when they're in there doing the intricate work. So yeah, I, I was paralyzed from the waist down, and you know, and I'm in the way in the recovery room and kind of dozing in and out, and then the next thing I know, I'm waking up and I'm in my my room for the night. So that was all good, you know, and and I didn't have any pain. You know, they'd ask me my pain level, and I'd say, eh, you know, maybe two. It was kind of stiff, but no real pain. 
and uh, everything went really flawless. Uh, uh, you know, I wanted to watch the national championship game. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that, but uh, I was awake and coherent during the national championship game, probably more, more co- coherent than Nick Saban was, but that's, that's a whole nother story. But by the time the game was wrapping up, uh, I, I needed another pain medication and the nighttime staff wasn't giving me the attention I really needed. So my pain level went from a two to about an eight. And I was very uncomfortable and, and I wanted to go to sleep. So finally, uh, the nurse finally made it in there and I was in I was in pretty bad pain at that point. She gave me something in my IV that no sooner did I feel it kind of go into my vein than I was 100% cured from pain. There was no pain anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't morphine, but just imagine a morphine drip. When you were at the uh, doctor's office, something I noticed when I had my recent checkup uh, when I was home for uh, Christmas and I also saw it in a tweet. Right. Um, the, you know, like the carts, like how much pain are you in, like the smiley face, like yes. 0 to 10? Yep. The, so first I saw it on tweet, and then I started looking for it when I was at the doctor's office, and I noticed it. It's a Lego's face. Like each of them are different, like Lego. Was that the same for you? I just thought that was pretty hilarious. I, 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 th- made my day. I think it probably was. I didn't look that closely, but it probably was. <laughs> Overall, a pretty, like, almost like a ho-hum hip replacement surgery. Like, yeah. wrong, everything went smooth, and... A week later, you're back climbing two flights of stairs and doing a podcast. Yeah, it's pretty See, that, pretty amazing. That's the thing that I, I need a detailed account. So the reason we didn't think you were going to be able to make it on today's show is because there's, as you mentioned it before we started recording, 26 steps you had to climb. Can you kind of walk us through what that climb to the top of the studio mountain was like for you? <laughs> well, they did give me a whole PT training on how to go up and down steps. When you go up steps, you uh, you plant the bad leg and start with the good leg. When you're going down steps, it's the opposite. You go down with your bad leg and then follow it with your good leg. Uh, but really, it wasn't bad. I mean, it was one step at a time. I even was a good boy. I could have climbed the steps without the walker, but I used it, you know, just to hold my balance. And... Uh, not bad. I mean, it really wasn't bad. The the whole stair thing, is that something you're going to have to do, I mean, for the rest of your life, or is that just during recovery? No, no, just in recovery. In fact, I, uh, I've i already somewhat cheated. I mean, I've got, I've got steps at home to go down to the basement, and I noticed I was, you know, walking with the wrong foot a couple times. <laughs> you know, I, I was hanging on the rail, but it, it's really, guys, I'm not kidding you. My hip was so bad, I was in such pain that that pain is gone. You know, it's just absolutely amazing. The only thing that's there is stiffness, and that'll be all loosened up with my physical therapy. So right. all in all, I'm really happy with, with the, the results. And now the whole key is getting off the pain medication. I got off the pain medication today. I'm going to give it an effort to see if I'm even going to need it anymore. They had me on some pretty good stuff. Norco, which is a combination of Vicodin and uh, Tylenol, was one of the drugs. And then there was one a little bit more strong that they also had me on. But uh, if I keep going like I am right now, I, I should be in really good shape after this next week. Nice. Yeah. So and overall, I mean, obviously, as long as that goes well, you're basically back to normal type of thing. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing right. I got going on right now is there is a what they do is the, the incision, which it's, it's a little longer than I thought it was. It, it's about a four inch incision up on the top of my thigh what they do is when they when they do this type of surgery they don't even cut through your muscle think about that they cut through the skin and then they pull the muscle to the side to get to the bones so so the really the healing is 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 just on the incision itself and then you know inside on the bones so they've got it down i mean they really do have it down 
That's good because I can't imagine that uh, procedure probably would have been pretty long with your uh, muscular leg. Uh, so you've been basically off, now. Not that this is obviously deserved if you are, but you've been off of work for like two weeks now, right? Uh, no, no. Monday was my, last Monday was my first day off, so uh, I, I've been off this week, and then I'm going to start doing some work from. Or I was off last week, I should say, and then I'm a, I'm starting to do some work from home this week. How was last week? Was that probably one of the best weeks of your life? Just you had no reason to move. You were just probably watching Netflix, watching yes. a typical show that you recommended that actually was horrible. You you did get a chance to watch some of it. Yeah, we watched the first episode. Yeah, I um, talked to your brother Johnny. I know he wasn't a fan either, and I, part of it was you you guys evidently have seen the young kid that had the autism in some other show and just couldn't get that out of your mind. Is that true? That must have been his reasoning. Uh, you just didn't like it. No, the reason he really didn't like it is because the way my house operates is if he doesn't, um, <laughs> and, the, and we're really getting into a rabbit hole of how my uh, TV Netflix watching works at my house. Okay. If he's not the one that suggests the show for me and my brother Josh to watch, uh, we're not going to watch. So I suggested that show, and as you see, we did not watch Got it. shot down. Well, you know, I don't take any offense when I do give recommendations. Uh, everything I like certainly not for everybody. But uh, I enjoyed it. Have you had, have you guys had a chance? To, and by the way, back to your question, Jared. Yes, it was a wonderful week laying around watching <laughs> Netflix and watching football. I mean, there was nothing wrong with that at all. I, I was having a good old time. Last question I was going to ask about the hip replacement, unless we move on to something else or whatever. Yeah. I'm just curious, will that get picked up at, you know, going through like a um... – like a metal detector at the airport or something? Oh, yes. It, it, def it definitely will. I mean, there's a big old titanium rod that they pound into your bone. <laughs> yeah. I'll, 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 shoot you guys, uh, I'll shoot you guys the x-ray. It's amazing to see what the artificial hip looks like compared to a natural hip. It's, it's amazing. Oh, it's pretty crazy. There is one more question cool. we had. So yeah. You, Fire so away. you had your surgery. And you texted us around like 10 a.m., I think it was. On Monday? Where were we on the list of? people you texted that you, you you made through surgery okay uh you were pretty high actually you were right behind my siblings you know the the, the parents got the phone call siblings got the <laughs> siblings got the text but you guys were right there afterwards i was thinking of you you know that's what we were wondering i i thought i was wondering i mean i would assume your wife is probably there with you but she was, I was wondering if you even let her know how things <laughs> went before you texted us <laughs> yeah she got the first word from the doctor while i was still out <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I I think we've become quite a little family here on Three Point Podcast, guys. I'd say so. No, I, I appreciate it. I just thought it was funny because I didn't think we'd get an update maybe until a day or two later. You know, once everything was right, once you were good to go and everything. I got we got that text Monday morning. I was like, hey man, I, I like it. You know, and I also thought, man, I better get back here because you know, uh, let's face it, you guys missed me. I mean, I really have to come here and run the show. You know, that's the truth. You know, it's it's one of those things that you know, it's like. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's like Alabama football with with Nick Saban. Like Saban is the guy that runs that whole program, basically that whole university. If all of a sudden he stepped out, it, it would probably be a little bit of a mess for a little bit. So, so yeah, it's uh, you know not having to drive the ship, as they say, is uh, I don't know. It's kind of nice. Uh, well, all joking aside, like you read all the commercials and do all the work. All joking aside, you guys did a great job. I mentioned it. Well, damn it. You couldn't let me get my uh, two cents in before you threw that comment out there. I was going to say, you might have Tiger Woods athleticism, but you're also kind of a dick like Tiger Woods. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take that, too. What can I tell you? Hey, I do have another recommendation from Netflix. You, you probably won't like it, Jared. This is probably directed more at the age group that I currently am at. But I don't know if you guys have heard of one called The Kaminsky Method. 
Have you heard of that program on Netflix? I've, I've seen it. I haven't watched it yet. It's highly highly regarded. I mean, I think it won a Golden Globe for best series on television. Um, it stars Michael Douglas. You know who he is, correct? Yeah. And Alan Arkin. Now, again, those are guys in my age group. But it, it the Kaminsky method, Michael Douglas p- plays this aging actor who runs an actor studio. And Alan Arkin plays a big-time uh, big acting agent. And then they have a lot of cameos from real people out there in the acting world. Very well done, well written. Um, you know, again, this is directed probably for uh, over 50-year-olds. But uh, the Kamitsky Method, we've watched it. Very good. Also, along with some of the things I've watched, I watched a show. Uh, it's a half-hour kind of comedy. I don't know if you guys have seen this one, Shit's Creek. Have you seen that? Yeah, I, I've seen a couple episodes of that. So you, so you saw a couple that didn't suck you in then, huh? I'm, well, I just haven't really gotten back to it, to be honest. It was really funny. Okay. Yeah, that movie kind of makes me as, like, a movie, kind of like how Matt watches, uh, what is it, like, Showgirls? <laughs> Showgirls? I have watched Showgirls, back, I mean, back in the day. Showgirls had its moments. Uh, or no, it was like yeah, it definitely did. Or I think you're thinking of New Girl. New Girl. But, yeah, New Girls. This is definitely, I think that that would be a show that Matt and his uh, wife would probably watch together. But the Kaminsky method is kind of funny. I looked up what, the, what it uh, was about. Yeah. And actually... Over break, I walked. It, my parents were watching it, and they're like, "Man, we really enjoy this show." And then I kind of bo- kept bugging them about it, and they ended up turning it off so I could watch what I wanted. Ah, so, so they liked they it. it. So they liked it. Is that an automatic strikeout for you? You're not even going to attempt it, right? Well, there's nothing worse than just like walking into the middle of a movie or the middle of a show. And oh that's yeah, what it was like for oh, me. That's no good. That's not with not, not with Netflix when you can watch them from front yeah. to back. I mean, and like speaking I'm, of uh, Golden Globes. Yeah. Did you see that Bohemian Rhapsody won the best drama? I did. Yeah, I was a little surprised at that. Thoughts? Uh, I'm not going to complain about it. It was a great movie. Oh my goodness! Did you it, see? Did, have you seen the movie, Jared? Yeah, I've seen it. It's not. You didn't like it? it? Not only like I don't hate it when movies just completely like disregard like what actually happened. Oh, they disregarded a couple facts. That's all. <laughs> a couple. Basically, the whole it was just basically. The whole movie is basically about how Freddie Mercury wasn't the, like, main guy in Queen. Like, how it was a team effort. That's what I got. From- I totally disagree with you on that. The movie featured Freddie Mercury. you got you got to remember one thing, Jared. The group Queen, and again, this is coming from a Queen expert, the other guys in the band, damn talented. Freddie Mercury was obviously the front man and, and the ringleader, and obviously the big, big talent, but... Uh, Brian May on guitar, probably one of the top ten guitarists of all time. Roger Taylor on drums, an outstanding drummer and a good singer in his own right. And and John Deacon on bass, as good as it gets. So you don't think they should have mixed in some of the other guys' talents in the movie when it's uh, when it's Bohemian Rhapsody? It wasn't called the Freddie Mercury story. <laughs> they should have, but I, when you just kind of twist the whole story around, saying that he has AIDS before the... Uh, Live Aid concert and all, and all, we've talked about it before. Yeah, we we did. It's, it's not deserving of and and here I am not like some like movie buffer. So I'm not trying to be like an elitist or something, but it's not deserving of the best drama award. Well, and, and again, that's to each their own for sure. All I know is it's over two hundred million dollars in sales already, so it's it's not too bad a flick. I did see. Speaking of that number, I did see Aquaman. Yep, has amassed a billion dollars. No so kidding. I think that that one's doing pretty well. Yeah, I'd say so too. And now again, that was a that was a fine movie to go spend some time and spend a couple hours. It wasn't an Academy Award winner, but it was entertaining. Yeah, I'm curious. That we, uh, Jared threw it out earlier. Maybe it was you, Ted, about uh, 
a show you were watching, and I think you said Johnny couldn't get over the fact that he had seen an actor before, and you know you're kind of you're kind of locked into that that performance you see from an actor before. Right. You guys kind of feel the same way. Like when you see someone, whether it's a TV show or a movie that's really good, um, when they go on and try and do other movies, other TV shows, you kind of almost can't get over them in that original role. Yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 that's a true fact. I mean they get stereotyped, especially in your own mind. And, and I hadn't seen this kid in Atypical before, so I was fine with it. But I, I get that side of the coin as well. Sean Astin is Rudy. Never can get that guy out of my mind. <laughs> yeah, he's been in like Stranger yeah, Things a few and a couple like stuff. That. He, he's always rude to me. Yeah, that, that's true. And he played that part John, very well, didn't he? John Heater was one to me. Uh, the guy who played Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. It was like I mean, because that that movie was huge when I was in college. Classic. So like, when he went on to try and do other movies, it was like I don't care what you're doing. You're Napoleon Dynamite. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, Jared, you probably agree with this one. I don't know, maybe not. Uh, the guy who played Jim Helper on The Office, like now he's doing that that uh, that show Jack Ryan, where he's like a serious. I don't know, it's a serious show anyway. Like seeing Jim Helper try to be like serious and like a cop or whatever, it just doesn't work. Yeah, it's uh, John Krasinski. I agree, but I think it just comes down to whether if the guy's a good actor or not. I mean, I, like Christian Bale, I probably would have guessed that he never. Like, I would always view him as Batman, but then I just watched him in uh, Vice, and it's like, you don't even think of him as Batman. So oh, he's so good. Kind of looks completely different. Right. I mean, he goes through, like, body transformations. Yeah. Not like he looks like Batman out there trying to play Dick Cheney or whatever. I mean, he looks like Dick Cheney. It's amazing. Yeah. But no, I, so, I get that, because, yeah, like, the, the people who are, like, incredible actors, you know, the best ever or whatever, from movie to movie, I guess you, you buy into that character. There's just some of those guys that it's like, you know, if it's a comedic actor and they try and go to do something serious, it just almost, like, doesn't work. Right. Something I want to kind of throw, before we move on to some sports and something that uh, is actually maybe a little bit interesting to our viewers. So I was at the doctor's <laughs> office and, our listeners, excuse me. So I was at the doctor's office and the doctor, so they're doing, like, a, re- a checkup on me. And, and my dad's there because, you know, I've, something might be wrong with my liver or something. I don't really know. Right. Uh, but... They asked me, uh, she asked me, like, are you sexually active? Like, what do you say, like, when your parents are in the room to that question? Like, say you guys are in my shoes, and then I'll tell you what I did, but tell me what you do first. That's a tough one. That, that is a tough one. So your dad said, it was your dad, not your mom. It was my dad, yeah. Hmm. I might, I might have said something like, uh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess, well, was, like, now that I, like, the age that I am now, I would say that, I mean, you're in college. Right. You're, you're not, you know, you're you're an adult if you want to say it like that, and you need to answer the question honestly. The doctor needs to know if you're sexually active, so you That's tell true. him yes or no. But you know, when you're 20 or 21, you know, yeah, it might be a little embarrassing in front of your parents. So how did you answer it, Jared? I said, yeah, uh, no, sorta. <laughs> and then I was like, kind of, she didn't probe me anymore on any more questions. So we just kind of moved on. Like, what, okay, let me. Next question: What do you consider like sexually active? Well, I, I probably would have given her the follow-up question. having sex. Yeah, having sex. Well, it's like, but it's like in the last, like, two weeks, in the last month. Like, what is... Well, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just, I, did, I didn't know how to answer that question. I guess it would have been fair to ask the question, or you could have said, um, with another person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, with another person, or like, yeah, when... Like, what's the time frame within the last week or within the last few weeks? Yeah, because that, that might change the answer, I guess. Well, it's funny that because then uh, I, I honestly answered it wrong because <laughs> she then 
asked if I wanted to get tested for, like, STDs or something like that. I don't have any. Uh, let me put that <laughs> disclaimer out there. Okay. And she was going to, like, have it ordered for me to do it. Like, because she's like, yeah, you know, I think every kid your age should get it done. I was like, and I was kind of, like, you know, like, playing along with, like, yeah, maybe. And then, like, right when we are about to leave, she's like, should I send that over? And she's like, honestly, should I send that over? I was like, I'm not going to take that test. <laughs> and that was it. And she said, okay. No yeah. need. No need. That's a, that's a good way to get the answer out there. You know, it's one of those things, too. I've, I've talked to some buddies about this before. Like, why why is that so embarrassing? Right. I mean, like, if you want to get into, like, I don't know, maybe this is, like, a serious conversation. Like, that shouldn't be embarrassing. No. I mean, if, if you are sexually active, it's, it's your dad. I mean, maybe right. in front of your mom it might be a little embarrassing. But, like, I mean, yeah, we're all, like, especially in college, like, what we're all, like, horny dudes that right. want to, like, hang out and, like, <laughs> You know, you're attracted to women. You're going to hook up with some girls or whatever. So, like, it shouldn't be an embarrassing conversation, right? Right. Just practice safe sex. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the main thing, right? Exactly. You be smart. I mean, that's the main thing. Yeah. And, you, and we were all horny dudes. Perfectly put there, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Any other, any other follow-ups on the, uh, this conversation, Jared? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> everything okay, everything okay, okay so far? So far, so good? On uh, the blood work? Yeah. Yeah, I just came back from there today. Oh, um, okay. Waiting to hear back the results. Uh, we'll see. Best, we'll see. best of luck. I was just going to ask you before we move on. Did, did your dad give you a little bit of a hard time for your answer? It I'm... was like it was weird. We never talked about it. I kind of thought about like bringing it up as a joke later, but <laughs> no. So this will probably be the first on. time he. This will probably be the first time he even heard that. That he'll probably agree with me. Like, yeah, that was a really awkward moment. <laughs> so, well, but yeah. yeah, I mean. Like I said, uh, yes, no, sort of. So. Perfect answer. Perfect answer. All right, we'll get into some sports talk here, but first I want to tell you about our good friends at Rivals Tap House and Grill. That's the local spot here in mid-Michigan to meet up with your friends, catch your favorite sporting events. Check them out on their 21 TVs, including a big 120-inch projection screen. All kinds of specials going on. They have winter cornhole tournaments. They've got live bands coming up on the 19th. they got the first-of-the-month party on February 1st, and I mean, nobody throws a Super Bowl Sunday like the good folks at Rivals Tap House and Grill. They'll have cornhole in the morning, all kinds of drink and food specials going on during the day, and catch the big game. Well, speaking of the big game, you know, you got maybe the four best teams in the NFL making it to this round of the playoffs for the first time. First of all, guys, some of your thoughts on the playoffs from the last week. Like, were you guys kind of a little bit disappointed in all the games this past week? I mean, none of them were really that good of games. I mean, the Saints versus Eagles was a solid game, but I felt like we were almost like ripped off with the ending where, you know, Alshon Jeffrey had a great game, great last like eight weeks of the season. But man, when you drop that pass and oh. we don't get to see, uh, pardon my French, Big Dick Nick, like right. one last hurrah before maybe he's gone in Philly. Like I just felt ripped off and it, and it kind of tainted like the whole NFL weekend for me. It was it was a pretty good game, but I agree with you on the on the one hand that it kind of took away the steam. There was still you know a minute and a half to go in that game, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean they ran it right before the two minute warning. And, like, and, they didn't even need to run a play. And a touchdown in the PAT wins it for them too. Yeah, I mean I, I guess kind of like you started this whole conversation off said with the four best teams made it to the championship games, and that's kind of how I feel. I mean. If these, the games last weekend maybe were a little bit of a letdown, but to me, I just feel like these are the four best teams. So um, I don't know. I, I wasn't really like let down by the games last weekend. I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, the Saints-Eagles game was actually one of the games that uh, I kept my attention the whole way, you know. I mean, you saw uh, Drew Brees, an 18-play, 92-yard drive, 11 minutes and 29 seconds. How about that for making some halftime adjustments, huh? Yeah, that's pretty wild. That's... Yeah, I saw that was, like, the biggest drive in, like, uh, NFL playoff history, the longest and, like, the most yards. And did you guys notice – you guys know how my brain kind of operates. Drew Brees, he had on those white cleats – and the White Sox, and that might have been the coolest look I've seen in the NFL probably in this whole year. <laughs> it was pretty crazy that you would say the coolest look comes from a guy like Drew Brees. And that is what's weird about it, but I've always kind of loved like Drew Brees. I think he's kind of got some swag to him. You know who has annoyed me with, and I, did you guys, and, I, and let me know if you guys saw this like post-game skirmish that there was, uh, Bennett. Michael, Michael Bennett. Bennett. Like, he has, like, those little miniature shoulder pads <laughs> that I would expect, like, Ted would wear back in 1938. <laughs> no, we had big ones. <laughs> I cannot stand them. Like, have some pride, dude. Like, I get that it makes you, like, a better player. Like, you're more mobile with your arms, but come on, man. Like, just put on a little bit bigger shoulder pads so you don't look like a complete loser. But as for, like, the post-game skirmish, like, the CBS reporter, or a cameraman, and I can just imagine, I, I picture uh, another dig at Ted two and two and one soliloquy here Stephen a for you so i imagine ted like being a post-game reporter going up to michael bennett and just him staring you down and i wonder what you would do in that moment so what happened was the cbs reporter had a camera right in his face he was walking up after the eagles lost and he stared him down i don't know what was said it'll probably come out later but he just stared him down and that would probably be the scariest moment of my life he not only just stared him down he like got in his face and like he was saying something, yeah. Something was being said. He was, like, pointing, telling him to, like, go away or something. So it, that was a weird moment. Yeah. It can be intimidating. I mean, I, I've at least lived through those experiences, Jared, uh, and I've asked questions. you got to get to that point yet. I do. So what and What was your guys' overall – were you impressed with Nick Foles, or did you think that he really didn't play? I mean, he had one touchdown, two interceptions, 201 yards. Like, were you satisfied with how he played? I'll be honest with you. I thought he was throwing a little bit too much of a volleyball. I mean, he was throwing it up in the air. Too, he didn't have a lot of zip on the ball. That's what I noticed, too. What is it? Like, he just has a noodle arm. That's, like, the only way you can describe it. I had that written down in my notes right here. Nick Foles equals noodle arm. Yeah, he had – he, he dropped passes in there pretty nicely at times, you know, for the deep routes, but that seemed to be the only throw he had. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some analysts say that one of his strengths is that he, especially on deep balls, he puts enough air under the ball so yep. this guy can go and get it. But, yeah, sometimes you do have to, like, actually rip the ball in there and throw kind of a fastball, you know. And it didn't seem like he was doing that. To me, I think Jared and I, we, we talked about it on the podcast last week that maybe this was uh, this was going to be, like, the end of the, the magic, I guess, for Big Dick Nick in Philly. And, I mean, at first it didn't look like that was going to be true, but I think it's almost like the true colors were shown type of thing. I mean, he's, he's a good quarterback, obviously he won Super Bowl MVP. But he's not Drew Brees. So, no, I mean, no. he, you know, his, his time right now, he, he had a good game. He had a good run. And it, it is kind of a weird feeling, like, to think that they're just about to let, probably let Foles go and they're going to stick with Lance. Yeah, they almost have to. If I, They can't keep them both under contract, can they, and keep them happy? I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, those the two guys, they say all the right things, that they're best friends, you know, they're just there to win. They're there to help each other and everything like that. But 
I mean, yeah, eventually you feel like one of them is like, okay, I've got to go somewhere and be the guy. Yeah, I mean, coming off the Super Bowl last year, that was one thing. And Wentz had a, an MVP type of season until he got hurt. So, I mean, they, you know, they both probably are in that situation where they could agree uh, to see how this season shakes down. But I think the, the Eagles and his organization, they got to go with Wentz. He's younger, you know, has more of an upside. And I think Foles probably has got to leave. He's going to get a starting job somewhere. Yeah, I mean, you, you brought up MVP, so, I mean, I'm curious what you guys think about this weekend's games. I don't know. I think the AFC Championship game might be one of the most exciting games, at least in, like, recent memory, for a championship game. between. I mean, cause, just because of the quarterback matchup, Mahomes and Brady. Like, I don't know what you guys think, but I think that's, like, as storybook, as cliche as that is, that's as, like, storybook as a matchup as there is. Yeah, I, like, as we talked about at the very top, like, it really is four great teams that I don't see a bad role playing out. But before we move, just I have one more last thing to say on the old Nick Foles, uh, Carson Wentz thing. I mean, what's the, how's the saying go? Speaking of sex, um, here we go. Speaking of sex, it's about the motion of the ocean, not not the uh, size of the ship, right? So, although it's Big Dick Nick, what I noticed from that game is that he's a two-pump jump. I mean, they went up 14 to squat, and then they did absolutely nothing after that, and whereas Carson Wentz, he might not have the unit that uh, Nick Foles has, but he's just he's a little bit better out there on the field. So, knows how to operate. What was that? Two maybe, two maybe. pump chump? Is that what you said? You never heard that saying? I guess I haven't. Jump? No, but I, I get it. <laughs> That's good. That yeah, I've heard, heard that. Heard but that. I mean, I guess the the problem for Wentz is he's not even on the field, so he's not even right. getting up to bat. So, I mean, that that's the problem with Wentz. Who who's your quarterback then for next year, Matt Foles or Wentz? I mean, I think for the Eagles, you got to roll with Wentz just just because of the potential. And like he, they drafted him to be the franchise guy. And both years, the last two years before he got hurt, like you said, he was having MVP season. So you got to think if if he could just stay healthy, you know, hopefully for the rest of his career or whatever, then they're they're going to be good for a while. I've heard a lot of experts, so-called experts, say, though, that Foles is a better-suited quarterback for the type of offense Peterson runs. I mean, would you, would it be something they could consider to trade Wentz for some some high draft choices and keep Foles there? I think that's what a lot of Definitely people were could. talking about. Like, if he had somehow beaten the Saints this weekend, that it was time to just kind of hand over the keys to Nick Foles. But we saw it. I mean, I'd say more than the fact that he was a two-pump chump on, on Sunday against Saint. I mean, you can't have that performance, 200 yards, two interceptions, only one touchdown. Yeah, but come on, that last interception that, in, that last interception wasn't his fault, right? No, it wasn't, but... It was right on the money. you got to catch guy. that ball. I'm a stat guy. He had one touchdown and two interceptions. Yeah, okay. And then we'd be talking a whole different story, obviously, if he drove them down and they win the game by one point, which he had, had, he had that opportunity to do. It was taken away exactly. because and of a drop it. pass. That was what that was what I said at the very start. It's it's a shame that this is the storyline we're going with, right? Because it really did feel like he was cheated. Yep, it did. He didn't get the chance to be the the hero again. Yep. Just think of the storylines if he would have too. You know, ended uh, the Saints' tremendous season in New Orleans, and then the magic continues. That would that have been a hell of a headline on the next day. Eh? Yeah, I feel like if he would have won that game, and then especially if he would have got to the Super Bowl. That would have made the whole Wentz or Foles conversation a lot more difficult. But uh, to be honest, I don't think it is that difficult of a conversation for the Eagles. I think right. Prince is their guy. All right, I'll, I'll go along with that. Now, how also, how cool is it to see the Cowboys lose? I don't know about you guys, but I, it doesn't ever break my heart to see them go down. Oh, that, that's the best thing ever. I mean, that's what I said last week on the podcast. I wasn't really 
necessarily pulling for any team to win or you know win the Super Bowl eventually. But the one thing was I just wanted the Cowboys to lose. Um, their fan base is annoying, so that that was great. Their you know, owner is annoying. I can't stand Dak Prescott. Am I alone in that? Nah, I, I I'm not. I don't have that strong opinion either way, to be honest with you. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm kind of more just indifferent. I don't know. Not really a fan. Don't really. He doesn't really bother me, though. Right. Did you guys see the news that, like, the Rams knew exactly what their defense was doing? Uh, like, they had their shifts. Um, you could tell, like, what they were about to blitz and when they were not were not blitzing, and that's why they were able to have, like, C.J. Spiller run for, like, 130 yards on them. C.J. Anderson? Anderson. Oh, C.J. Anderson. My, my, yep. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I always wonder about that, though, because it seems like you only ever hear that stuff when a team wins. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that uh, the other team still still does their fair share of scouting, and they know what stuff is coming, but they don't they don't ask the losers like, "Hey, did you know some of the stuff that the other team was doing?" I, I just always wonder like how genuine that actually is. I feel like all teams study tape and they know what some of the other team's tendencies are. So I, I don't really ever put like a whole lot into that. Well, how can Matt? I mean, we saw it with the Lions week one, where a team that really was not that much better than us beat us by like forty. Like you're saying that they didn't know our signals. Yeah, I mean, they maybe knew the signals, but I'm sure the Lions knew some of the Jets' signals, too. Like, that's my point. Is like, it's not that, like, only the Rams knew the Cowboys' signals. I'm sure the Cowboys knew some of the Rams, too. It's just, like, the Rams won, so that's, like, the headline. You know, it's kind of like when, when Michigan loses or whatever, and the team says, like, yeah, we knew everything that Michigan was going to do. That may be true, but I'm sure Michigan does, you know, a good amount of scouting, too, and they know – Ohio State's or Michigan State's tendencies too or whatever. So, like, I don't know. I, I just think it goes both ways is the only thing I'm saying. Well, you can know, all guys, I know in the NFL we had a couple of weekends with uh, double headers on Saturday and Sunday, even though all the games weren't uh, what we were hoping for. Still, that's about as good as it gets in the NFL. Now we're down to the Final Four. You know, we'll gear in on Sunday, and then, you know, we're down to three football games left. Before we get to uh, college hoop talk, we haven't talked a lot of college basketball, and we'll be talking a lot more about that as our pod season goes down the road. I got one lion question. I saw this on the rumor mill, and it was kind of intriguing. I, I think you saw maybe I reposted it from the free press, but there was some conversation about uh, the Denver Broncos, maybe an interest in Matt Stafford, and maybe putting a a package together with Von Miller, um, you know, their current quarterback and, and maybe their number one draft choice this year. Is that intriguing to you guys at all? I mean, there's been like a few scenarios or like trade scenarios thrown around for Matt Stafford. That's one that I feel like I would like really entertain, mostly just because of Von Miller. And then if they threw in Case Keenum, yep. you know, he's a, he's a solid veteran quarterback. I mean, he almost took the Vikings to the Super Bowl last year. That's one that I would actually, like, maybe entertain just because of that. Like, other ones have just said, like, give them three or four draft picks or whatever, and we know the Lions' history with draft picks. Like, that doesn't necessarily guarantee anything. So, if you could get a veteran quarterback like Keenum to kind of hold it down for, you know, a good two, three years or whatever, I mean, a a stud in Von Miller, as long as he wants to play in Detroit and he's actually going to, you know, be engaged, that's something that I would maybe entertain. Yeah, and I would I would do just Stafford alone. No no Detroit draft choices. Stafford for Keenum, Miller and the Broncos number 1. That may be too steep a price, but that that would be my asking price right there. Like do you hear like you really want that you want Case Keenum to be the quarterback of the Lions? Like Case Keenum. I want the Lions to win a Lions. Super Bowl. <laughs> you think that make you think that gives them a better chance to win the Super Bowl basically just swapping out 
Matt Stafford for Von Miller. Well, I mean, it, it definitely strengthens their defense, right? I mean, we know the NFL is more of an offensive-oriented league, so that might that might be a strike against my argument. But Von Miller still, I think he's under 30, and he's an all-pro type of defender. Look what the Bears did when they switched their philosophy. I mean, is, is their quarterback uh, that much better than Case Keenum? No, but their coach, Matt Nagy, is a hell of a lot better than Matt Patricia. Well, the, the jury's out on that, but I would tend to agree with you at this point. The- the trade that I that I saw that intrigued me that you posted was potentially us trading a first rounder for Antonio Brown. That I like the sound of that. That would I'd, I'd do that any day of the week right now. Do you think oh, they I would? would? I would trade a couple first rounders for Antonio Brown just because if you're going to roll with Stafford, I'm still a Matt Stafford fan. I still think he can be one of the best QBs in the league. So I, I'm not like one of those that's saying like get rid of him. Let's still and I'm not either. Trade him. But like if you're going to roll with Stafford for the rest of his contract then you need to do something to help him out. I mean, you trade Golden Tate. I know the reasons they did or whatever. But, like, you need to do something to help him out. You know, like, if you're going to say, Stafford, you're our guy. Let's let's do this thing. Let's win. try and win the division, win a Super Bowl. you got to do something. Because, I mean, everyone, like, I think Kenny Galladay is a nice wide receiver. But, like, I don't think he's a number one option. You know, he, he's good. People start calling him, like, baby Megatron. I think that's just, like, ridiculous. He'd look pretty good with A.B. Goes up and... You know, he can jump a little bit and catch the ball. But, like, if you can get a guy like Antonio Brown, then, like, you have to do that because, I mean, this past season, it seemed like every week Stafford was having to throw the ball to, like, different tight ends and different wide receivers. So it's like, if, if you're going to roll with Stafford, I mean, you got to go all in and say, like, we got a four-year window with Stafford. Let's, let's try and do something. I mean, hopefully Carryon Johnson is healthy. So I, I would all be all for trading for Antonio Brown. The only thing that worries me about that trade is that, as we know, Antonio Brown's a, uh, a Central Michigan alum. Uh, him being very close to the Wayside uh, Club, <laughs> he goes. He still he still goes there as an NFL player all the time. That makes me nervous. <laughs> Not only is he kind of a locker room cancer, but you throw in the fact that he's going to be probably making frequent trips up to Mount Pleasant. <laughs> what type of player are we getting? Uh, it's, uh, that's a roll of the dice there, my young friend. That's for sure. I mean, I mean, maybe you could bump into him one time that you're at the Wayside. And uh, get him on the podcast. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Although, um, <laughs> guys like him, uh, he's surrounded by a bunch of bodyguards. And if a guy or any dude in general tried to talk to him, I'm getting socked in the face. <laughs> he's not there to talk to the uh, fanboys. No. He's, he's there for the girls. No doubt about it. He's probably not hanging there in the in the main part of the club either. You know what I mean? Yep. No. There's a back room there. That's right. All right, before we talk some college uh, basketball, I just want to tell our listeners about the Corona Connection. That's a publication founded to create a platform for Corona residents and students. Find them at coronaconnection.com. And speaking of Corona, the Corona Public Schools, hey, join their winning team today. Find out why nearly 40% make it their school of choice, whether young or old. It is great to be gold. And by the way, guys, before we talk college basketball, how about uh, our Cavaliers? The boys team having a very successful season so far. I think they're 7-2. and two. Mitch Skim hit, uh, I think he had 11 three-pointers in the game on Tuesday or last Friday night. And uh, the girls team undefeated in state rank. Not bad there to be gold and black. No, that's awesome. Was that expected for the the boys team to be pretty good? Yeah, I think they I think they were expected to be pretty good this year, but they're all starting to gel. You know, they lost their six uh, ten kid, went back to Ithaca last year, Sage Walker, and you know there was a few question marks there, but uh, they've come together and are playing very well for Coach Rocky there. And then the girls team, I mean, 
They're, I mean, they're coming off a state semifinal in volleyball, and quite a few of those girls were on the volleyball team. So, uh, very good coach and and Coach Birchmeyer, and just doing it up. In fact, we might. I don't know what your schedule is going to be like in February, Jared, but we might even do another doubleheader of Wasso Corona girls and boys basketball coming up in February. If you're not available, we'll uh, we'll get somebody else in for you. But I think we ought to put that together. Yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of fun doing that. Uh, definitely for those who don't. Like you see it all the time, people making fun of uh, Jason Wynn. Uh, sorry, Matt. I know you work at ESPN. People make fun of him a lot, but um, <laughs> it's like play-by-play and like announcing. It's a lot harder than you think. So the next time you go and mock Jason Wynn for saying something stupid, like why can they fair catch in the NCAA football game, which was very dumb, by the way, but like just know that it's it's a little bit harder than you think it is. Uh, yeah, it is, especially play-by-play. Color not. You, you just got to know what you're going to say. But okay, I'll give you that. It is harder than it looks. There's no doubt about it. That's why they pay big bucks to the real talented broadcasters out there. Right, Matt? Yeah, there's only there's only one Al Michaels. There's only one Bob Costas and guys like that, right? Mike Tirico. So, yeah, I, I always laugh when I see people, like, especially on Twitter. I mean, everyone makes fun of or rips everything on Twitter. But right. I see people ripping whoever it is calling games. Just like, you know, have you ever done it? <laughs> you know, oh, have yeah. you ever gone out there and tried to? You think you could just go out there and call a game? It's not that easy. Yeah, it's pretty easy to criticize somebody too because of a statement they make. I mean, it's you know, it's a live microphone, and and really, when you talk about like the guys like Tarico and Al Michaels and some of the other you know Hall of Famers, rarely, I mean, rarely do they mess up on a call or you know any verbiage. I mean, they're they're dead nuts on, and that takes yeah. a lot. You know, you probably have some some two cents on this, but. Chris Fowler, um, you know, he yep. got him and Herb Street called the national championship game. Right. Uh, he he tweeted something out. I think it was it was before the game. He tweeted out a picture of him and Herbie. Yep. Like the the booth where they're going to call the game. They were just both sitting at their desk, and they both had like fifty papers or something, you know. And they were they were studying up. They were looking at the the trends and stats or whatever for the game. And he tweeted out something along the lines of, uh, "You can only prepare so much. You know, you don't want to go too in depth with the stats." you let the game kind of dictate what you call or what you say. And I, I thought that was really interesting because, like, when when we do our games that, that I'm doing now at ESPN, like, sometimes people try and, like, before the game, try and tell us all these trends, all these things and everything. And sometimes it's like, you just have to let, let the game tell the story, you know? So, like, you can definitely be prepared and know some stats and stuff, but, like, you know, you never know how the game is going to go. So I just thought it was interesting to no, say that. No, I mean, it's, and it's dead nut on. I mean, I've been, you know, here I am just a little peon high school broadcaster, but it's it's the same concept. You know, I do plenty of homework before games. I would bet that uh, probably 80% of the stuff I do as homework probably doesn't even get used, but it's there just right. in case, in case I need to use it. You're exactly right. The, it, the game really dictates the broadcast and if you got a good exciting game you're gonna have a great broadcast more than likely and if you got a just a dud of a game the broadcast is naturally going to falter and that's just the way it goes you know that's that's the nature of the beast all right guys well speaking of broadcasters there's some good uh college hoops broadcasters you know it's funny we were talking about uh some of the big time talent out out there and before we talk college basketball i just had to throw this out there did you catch the the hockey commentary by snoop dogg by chance did you catch that video I, i saw the tweet i never actually watched it though he's a guy I don't know if you're a Snoop fan, but he is a guy that I would take a chance on throwing in, uh, you know, a, a football game, whether it be college or whether it be a pro game, just to let him sit in and commentate. I mean, it would crack me up. He's just funny in his whole delivery. 
If you if you like that, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, the show, speaking of Netflix shows, the show you need to watch is Coach Snoop on Netflix. Okay. And I love Snoop. And pitch to you is, so one of his players, like, sacks the quarterback, and this is what he says, that's a D-D-D, put his dick in the dirt. <laughs> Very funny. That's great stuff right there, man. It, it's, it's electric. you got to watch it. I'll check. What's it called again? Coach Snoop. All right. Season I'll... two's coming shortly. Oh, okay. Well, I can catch up, watch season one, and get ready for season two. But we're in a season of college basketball, like that segue, that we have both the Wolverines and the Spartans in the top <laughs> six teams in the country. Let's start with the Wolverines. I mean, is it too good to be true? 17-0, and 0, uh, you know, national championship contenders. Is there any hope they could go through this season undefeated? I mean, I think there's definitely hope. I mean, you, you never know, that, especially with the with the way they're playing right now. I mean, in the last 32 games, they're 31 and one. So yeah. I mean, like it's pretty impressive. But I, it's so rare for a team to run the table in college basketball, especially they've got a lot of really tough games coming up. So I, I feel like they're going to lose one or two in the regular season, and like I, I feel like I, I can already envision what's going to happen with Michigan Twitter, especially, or you know, the Michigan fan base. When they do lose one or two, it's going to be back to B-line's overrated. This team is overrated. Like, Ed, the, the ship is going to sink if Michigan loses a game or two. Like, I can already see it coming. Matt, I feel like you, like, you've said that a few times where, like, the people wanted B-line. I feel like, is this maybe, like, just your own, like, Twitter feed that is saying this? Like, I don't ever see that. Well, not not the last year or two, but I don't know if you haven't been paying attention, but B-line was on the hot seat a lot. I mean, so maybe like three or four years ago, before uh, the Stauskas class and those guys and stuff, he was. I mean, it took a little bit to turn it around after what Michigan was going through in the, the mid 2000s. But yeah, Beeline. A lot of people, Michigan fans, did not like Beeline at all, really, until he started this recent run of success. So yeah, I mean, not not recently, not the last year or two, but. There has definitely been a lot of player beeline talk in the past. Yeah, well, he's definitely shown he is one of the top coaches in all of college basketball for sure, and they're they're playing lights out basketball right now. I mean, we're recording this Monday night. Last night's game, they played Northwestern. Yep. And I, I don't know if you guys saw like Teske hit a few threes. Xavier Simpson was knocking down threes. Skyhook. I, I really, I was talking to some buddies, and it's like I'm I'm not being a Michigan slappy here. I know I am a, a Michigan slappy, especially when it comes to the hoop team. But I think, especially when they're knocking down their outside shot, I don't think there's a weakness on that team. I mean, they, they're one of the best defensive teams in the country. I mean, they've got guys like Iggy and Charles Matthews who can score a lot. I mean, Jordan Poole, can, I mean, he, he can score at will almost sometimes. When they're knocking down their outside shots, I don't think there's a weakness on that team. But that's the thing. It's like, I, I don't, can we trust those outside shots right now? I mean, Xavier Simpson can't really shoot. I mean, we're out here relying on John Teske to hit threes for us. I mean, he, he can hit them, but it's it's John Teske. Like, never forget that. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't I don't think they're I don't think they're relying on John Teske to hit the three. I think that's just like if he steps out and bangs a couple down, it's almost like a bonus. But I don't think there's any any relying on John Teske to hit threes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm nitpicking a little bit, but. When I see Michigan State, who's also playing really well, I mean, they're pushing it on fast break, and they're shooting a lot better from three than we probably are right now, and they're a lot more consistent with it. I wonder, and you guys know how I operate, you know how my brain works, this season, like, it's just, it's kind of, it doesn't really matter to me until, and it's a shame that we don't play until the end of, until the start of March. That sucks. That sucks. I, I need this matchup now, and that's where, that's where this team validates itself for me. I need them to beat Michigan State. I'm trying to figure out how the schedule makers put this together because I think they play Indiana again coming up here in the next week or so too, don't they? 
Yeah, and they've already played Northwestern twice. So it's weird. It, it's really it's really weird that they put both of those. I mean, it's cool that they did a home and home with Michigan State this year, unlike last year. But right, they're both like the last in the last two or three games of the year. So it would be cool. Yeah, to your guys' point, to have one of those games against Michigan State, like right around now. Okay, let's see where both teams stand, yep. and put the other one towards the end of the year to see where the teams improve. Because, because yeah, I mean that that's kind of the measuring stick right now in, in the Big Ten, especially in the state of Michigan, is you know can you get past Michigan State? Right. Because yeah, I mean the Big Ten's pretty weak. I think we can all agree it's not like we watch Indiana. They were twenty-one when Michigan played them, but I wasn't blown away with what they had. I mean they were in foul trouble a lot of that game a couple weeks ago with uh, Romeo Langford and stuff. But it's like the Big Ten. It's pretty much just Michigan and. Michigan State. It is. Year. I think those are the. It's basically one A and one B, kind of like how Alabama and Clemson were atop the rest of college football playoff. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, there's like seven Big Ten teams ranked right now, and I mean, if so, if you're going to say that, like, what conference top to bottom is like is better? That strong. Every conference, there's really only like one or two teams that are really title contenders. So, like, I mean, maybe the Big Ten. You know, there's some teams that are overranked. But I think that's like every conference in college basketball. Yeah, if you look at the the Big Ten, and to Jared's point too, if you're going to look for somebody to come out of the Big Ten to win a national championship, it's really you're only looking at Michigan, Michigan State, aren't you? Legitimately. I mean, maybe I, I always just think like when it comes to the tournament, you never know. Well, that's true. I mean, you know, there, there's years that like North Carolina or you know Duke are like the clear cut favorites, and they get knocked out in like the Sweet Sixteen. So, and you know, not many people were expecting Michigan to make a run last year, so. I mean, yeah. If you if you look at it now, maybe the legitimate contenders would be Michigan, Michigan State. But you know, who knows get, who gets hot uh, come turning time? Uh, McQuaid, you know, with Michigan State. What do you think about his nickname, Big Shot Quato? <laughs> he like banged down. I don't know. I think he hit four threes last night, and everyone was calling him Big Shot Quato. What is Quato? Yeah, mean? I'm trying to figure that out too. Just like a, his his last name is McQuaid, so Big Shot Quato. I think it's just a play on his last name. <laughs> you guys know the moments when, like, so I said, I was like, I said to my uh, brothers when we were watching Michigan State play over Christmas break, I said, Matt McQuaid, like, looking really good this year. Like, he's playing pretty well. And they laughed. And n- not two seconds later, he has the and one in, like, a three ball. And, you know, you know those kind of moments where they kind of shut up? Like, yeah. Yep. There's nothing better than those moments where you kind of predict the future. Well, that was a good so. moment there. And I, I will say, McQuaid's a, he's a very important part of the Spartans this season, no doubt. And he's playing decent. He plays good defense. He hits threes. I just I don't know what you guys think. Like when you see him on the basketball court, he doesn't look like he'd be good at basketball. I know. Uh, he just doesn't look like he's that athletic. But, it's, hey. it's it's deceptive like, though. It's still it's, you can say it. It's <laughs> you can say it. He's white. <laughs> yeah, but that's, classic, like a, that's always the description for white like guys. A, you know, he's like deceptively fast. Like he's deceptively quick. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got to be pretty good to be in the starting lineup for the Michigan State Spartans, don't you think? Right. I mean, yeah, you, you can't really argue that. No. One that... thing about Michigan State that I just, I still just wonder about, they're, they're playing really well. I mean, they're, they're like you said, Jared, they're running. I mean, they, they're fast break game, they're shooting, they're, they're playing really well. I just, I think they, like, especially matching up against Michigan, they rely so much on Winston and Ward. And Xavier Simpson, the last couple of years, has basically locked up. Winston and John Teske is one of the best defensive like big men, especially in the Big Ten. I think Teske could d up Ward, so that's when it could like. I'm curious to see that when when they play Michigan State, Michigan. Um, you know, if, if Simpson and Teske can, you know, at least contain Winston and Ward, like what else is Michigan State going to do? I guess Big Shot Quato. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that's Matt. You took it right out of me and my brother's argument mouth. Like how, how Michigan State does not really. I don't think they match up that well with Michigan. I mean, we've seen it the last two years where Nick Ward he played 11 minutes and 12 minutes. You can tell that we had this argument because I had to look up stats. He only played 11 and 12 minutes, his lowest of the season last year against Michigan. Like when you have Teske, you just space him out and he can't play. So when people sit here and say like Nick Ward's having this great all, like all Big Ten year. Like I don't really care. Like he's not going to play against Michigan. You know? Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, I would tend to agree with that for the most part. Yeah, I mean maybe that's something Beeline does is maybe if if Ward does start you know doing well against Teske, just take Teske out and like put Livers in or something like that. Kind of go to small ball and basically just you know take Ward out of the game. So yeah, I'll, I'll be real curious. I don't know. Well, it's going to be fun to watch. I wish we, like you said, could see them play before uh, March, but. Uh, its schedule is what it is. We'll be watching college basketball a lot more intently once football season is officially over. But, uh, you know, it's going to be fun. And both Michigan and Michigan State are going to be right there, and I can't wait for March Madness. Uh, before we wrap up the pod, guys, I know, uh, Jared, you've been a big faster horses guy. Um, and, you know, I'm excited that my man, Keith Urban, is going to be a part of it this year. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. How about you? Uh, I personally loved it. I mean, as you guys know, I'm a big, we talked about it in the last pod, I'm a big Jake Owen guy, so I was a bit upset when I found out he didn't make the list. But I love that Toby Keith was there. But as for other people, I've noticed that this lineup has kind of been polarizing for fans of Faster Horses and potential goers of the concert. Okay. It's, I saw a comment that said, and I kind of like agreed with it, that like Toby Keith, like would he even headline like the local karaoke bar? <laughs> you know, I kind of thought he was a bit past his prime. And I love Toby Keith. I just never expected him to be the headliner. You know, I kind of thought we'd get a big name like a Jason Aldean or a Jake Owen. But apparently it sounds like you you were ecstatic with the announcement. And I was pretty happy with it. I wouldn't say that I loved it, but it's a good lineup. Well, I mean, Keith Urban and Toby Keith are still, you know, country music Hall of Famers, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they may be a little bit longer in the tooth nowadays, but it's funny that, you know, I got the big kick out of Keith Urban because, you know, you were dogging on me for his guitar skills. <laughs> But I do like his music. I, that, that's gonna, I'm going to take a video of him. You, you know at least one of those songs he's going to bring out the guitar and just shred it. Oh, we'll see. no we'll doubt. See I'm just hoping he's going to be there Saturday night. But I'll tell you what, I probably will uh, will make my appearance based on Keith Urban. So if he's there Friday night, you might see me then. How's that sound? You know, I, I hope it's Friday night because you're going to go down there Friday night. And then next thing I know, I'm going to see you there on Sunday night. <laughs> You're not gonna leave. I don't say. know. So you're, you're gonna you're gonna see him on Saturday too. He's just gonna camp with you guys. Yeah, that's not the plan. But if that happens, boy, I'm having a hell of a time. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I I should probably get back to my pain meds, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. anything else you want to get on the table? Yeah, there's one thing I wanted to bring up and just see what you guys thought real quick. Um, I'm I'm curious to see what what you guys think about Ky- what Kyler Murray is doing. You know, he's he's the Heisman Trophy winner for Oklahoma. But he got drafted by the A's and uh, in the first round of the MLB draft. So, the, I mean, everyone thought that Kyler Murray was going to go play in the MLB. But he recently, he, I mean, today he declared for the NFL draft. He basically said to the A's, pay me more money, you know, like get me to stay away from the NFL and I'll come play in the MLB. But if they don't, then he's going to go play in the NFL. Like, I think, like, I don't know what you guys think. I think that's like a, a great move on his part. I mean, he's got like – all the chips are in his hand right now, if you want to say it that way, and he can basically get more money out of the A's to, to go play in MLB. I, I was really cool, I think. Oh, 100% agree. I mean, how how could you not like that move? I mean, 
you know, we saw Bo Jackson, we saw Deion Sanders. Uh, he, it's all about the Benjamins. Let's face it, he's 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 going to play pro something. He could probably play both, right? I mean, if the A's don't want to up the up the ante, well, they'd still want him as a marquee player, and he could still play in the NFL as well. I mean, it's just a it's a no brainer as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I saw that he actually declared because they didn't want to pay him that money. Right. And- this is, I saw a tweet in this project explained, like, this is exactly what I thought as well. Like, in order for someone to, like, play baseball, you have to pay them way more money than you would have to pay them to play, like, football. Like, you just you, you just don't like that. Or not necessarily way more money, but say at least a lot more than $4.6 million, like it was going to. Like, just millennials don't care about baseball. Right. But they care about money, don't they? That they do. So that it's, they do. I, I, so if you're a if you're a top major league baseball player, let's say like uh, Bryce Harper, and his next contract, he's going to sign to play baseball, a, a sport where you don't get your body just completely demolished, and he's going to get a contract over two hundred fifty million for for ten years. That's kind of hard to turn down. Kyler Murray would not get that until he was like twenty eight years old. I get that. I understand. He's living on scraps. Well. $4 million worth of scraps. In the NFL, only guaranteed money is what you negotiate up front, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the contracts aren't guaranteed. I was curious, too, like what, what NFL team, if he really is going to go, like, you know, you, you think about Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, some of these other guys that played both sports, but they weren't quarterbacks. That's true. Would an, would an NFL team want their quarterback to be split in time with, with a, you know, a baseball team? Yeah, I don't know about that. No, I don't think any. I don't think baseball or football would want that. But it just depends how desperate they are. But that's a fair point. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's call this a pot, okay? I'm getting tired. Back to some pain meds. That's right. But all our listeners out there, hey, do us a favor. Share this three-point podcast with all your friends and family. Subscribe on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, or TuneIn. Be a part of future pod. Record a short commentary or question. Send it to us on our podcast page, Twitter, or Instagram. You can find us there at 3PointPod. You can also email us at 3PointPod at gmail.com. Again, thank you to our podcasting partners, Rivals Taphouse and Grill, The Corona Connection, Corona Public Schools, and Z92.5 The Castle. This has been a Sportsnet Michigan production. And again, thanks for listening to 3 Point Podcast. and suckers. We got hustlers. We got fighters. Early birds and all-nighters And the veterans talk about their battle scars I love this bar I love this bar